Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And this is your favorite time of the week. The Church Planner Podcast. your favorite time of the week. It is my, you know what? I didn't have coffee this morning until about 30 seconds ago, and I'm feeling yeah. good. Hi. I feel good. Na, 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 na. So uh, you had anything cool happen to you this week? You know, I wouldn't say that it was cool but uh i took my wife out to a play she likes a little little play little little wine and dine action every once in a while so took her out to a play and uh, we we went wow we saw a really good play it was called rain and uh it was down in the san diego globe theater and uh anyways you know we we had the little intermission and i got a coke and uh you know it has a lot of you know, carbonation in that, and those carbonated beverages, oh, and no. uh, it's been a little gassy, and uh, was making my way. Oh, uh, is this like a small community playhouse, or is this like, you know, a big playhouse? A few no, it's people. a it's a big one. It's it's okay. quite well known. I mean, they get tons of awards, and but the the people that show up to this thing are, I always feel kind of like. Like average age of 85. Sure. I got you. Or like Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols in comparison to all these people. Like they're wearing like cardigan sweaters, you know, with rolled up sleeves, you know, over their, you know, they're wearing like, like, like tweed jackets with like leather elbows and they're, they're using the, the, uh, you know, like I, I imagine they've sailed into San Diego Harbor on their yacht and their man Jeeves has picked them up and, and and so we're going to this thing and 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 I'm always feeling out of place and I always kind of go through this what do I wear because if I dress so I'm comfortable you know I'm I'm kind of like they they 
they may not let me in. Um, they always kind of pick on me at the door. I, Do I really, up. you know, I try to make my wife feel good, but they always kind of, uh, I don't know. There's always something. So like this time they're like, Hey, you can't have that, you know, cardboard box with food in it. So, uh, you know, I did, it's just always something. There's well, you're some not supposed to take an extra large pizza from Domino's into the theater. <laughs> I, I do know that. <laughs> Can you imagine ordering, but it gets worse, right? So we, we go on the little intermission wait, wait, wait. and come back. If ever there was a time to use the clip. Oh, what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> Vegetables were in the box. And, uh, what happened was. I made my way down, you know, the the little, you know, side stairs and uh, we're, we're going to our row and Andrew goes in before me and I come after her and you know how like the the levels are different. So like my row, the row in front of me is like maybe a foot, foot and a half, um, you know, lower uh, so that everyone can see, you know, it's like it's a staggered audience. And so... I, I go in to sit down and I'm not even thinking this guy is standing up in front of me and I'm not even noticing him. I'm looking at Andrew and I start to sit down <laughs> as I'm bending down to sit down, you know, I, I the carbonation and I just go <laughs> burp right in this guy's face. Like he had turned around. <laughs> And and the worst part is, let me tell you about the love of Jesus after I just did that. I still don't know I've done it. Like, I'm not even looking at him. I'm sitting down. I've been doing the uh, Shanti T25 workout. So right now I'm moving my body and, and, you know, bending anything hurts. And so as I'm, you know, I probably had my eyes closed, you know, I was like easing back in and. (laughs) and as i sit down andrea goes i don't believe (laughs) that you just did that and i go what and she goes you just burped in that guy's face and i look over him he 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 does he looks like he's been struck with something Like he's stunned, you know, phaser set to stun, you know, he's, he's just kind of like, you could see he's a little bit shook up and, uh, man, it was, I, and of course it's me, right? Like I start laughing. I, I can't help but think it's, it's funny, you know? And, uh, and, and I'm waiting for him to look back so I can say, I'm sorry. But, I'm tearing up. I'm tearing up. But he, but he didn't, you know? And, and so it was, <laughs> So Andrea, Andrea determines that although I like to take her to the theater, um, she can't take me anymore. It's just, it's, it, we got to find something else to do sometimes. Well, maybe it was a win-win. <laughs> Actually, you know, I like it. I know it's weird. Like my dad was a, a director of theater. All right, Twinkle Toes, what's your exit strategy? <laughs> you know, I, I that was a new sound it. effect just for you. Yeah, I, I I didn't recognize it. I wait, wait, here we go once more. Okay, all right. All right, Twinkle Toes, what's your exit strategy? <laughs> what's that from? Same as this movie. I love the computer business. That's our boy Arnold. What movie? Come on, come on. Okay, it's an Arnold movie. Um, comedy or action? Is there a difference? 
when you've got <laughs> Tom Arnold. <laughs> it's it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold. Oh. And no, it's not Junior. Oh, is that True Lies? Yeah. Ooh, that is a good movie. I remember the first time I was shot out of a cannon. It's a great Tom Arnold line. One of my, my favorite Tom, Tom Arnold lines. Can you hear the background noise? No. Oh, okay. So far, this is not blowing my skirt up, gentlemen. I, that was the one I wasn't sure if I could play on the podcast. So I'm asking you, can I play that on the podcast? <laughs> it's a little bit late, Pete. I know you could go back and edit it, but uh, I think that's okay, right? It just it depends on where you use it. <laughs> I, I don't know the context. Like if it, we but... were doing another podcast on transsexuals in the women's bathroom, like one of our most popular podcasts, I don't know if you could use that clip. I don't. I yeah, don't. That's true. That's where that's where context would be important. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, Jamie and I, by the way, we used to always go to the uh, plays back before we had kids, but we went to the Long Beach Playhouse, which for all of our Long Beach listeners know, it's actually a great little playhouse seats. I think 99 people. It's one of those small ones. Average age person is probably 85, 95 years old, somewhere in that range. But they put out some really great uh, plays. They're fun. Not, not mm-hmm. a bad seat in the house. doesn't matter where you sit because there's only 100 seats. So all of them are good. The coolest one that I've that I've seen there, um, I've at seen the Long some Beach? really cool ones at the Long Beach or at your your no at at the one down here in San Diego. I, I mean, I've seen some really really cool plays. I've seen a C.S. Lewis one down there. I've seen um, I saw a Jeff Buckley uh, tribute, kind of like a not a tribute. It was like a it was like a, a, a it's like a rock opera, kind of like Tommy. But it was done with all of Jeff Buckley's music. That was super cool. Well, I'll have to look up who Jeff Buckley is. John Doe has <laughs> the upper hand. Jeff Buckley. He's like uh, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant combined. Hey, I, I will have you know that I got an email yesterday from Apple. And uh, they're like, we've got whole albums for six ninety nine in the alternative and hip hop genre. And sure enough, man, I went on a tear. <laughs> I was like, ooh. That's a mix album. It's got a bunch of different people in it. I'm buying that one. Oh, I'm going to take that one over there. So I've actually increased my uh, my music library by about, I don't know, 40, 50 songs. That's great, man. It is. It is. So, hey, so here's here's a thing. Um, guys, the Jump School uh, DVD is out. We need you guys to promote that. We need you to um, tweet it. Uh, you can look up my Twitter handle at Peyton Joe's Punk. Um, check it out. Retweet. Just go and find what we've done and give it a blast for us. If you've been to the website, that's jumpschooltraining.com forward slash free. We need you guys to spread the word and just help the church planning community get to know that. And uh, also and if Facebook. You, if you uh, give us a review for Church Planner Magazine. So not not the podcast, but Church Planner Magazine on your iOS device or on your Android device. Send us an email. Let us know that you did it. And um, then send us your device token, and we will give you Jump School for free. Yeah, I wonder, Pete, if we ought to do a special promotion this week only, where if they give a review of the podcast, we give them the digital copy. We'll do either. But the thing is, I need reviews for the Church Planner Magazine. Okay. Because yeah. every time we do an update... Apple takes away our old reviews. Oh, 
So I need new ones. I guess that's a way to keep it fresh. Right? I know, because I'm the only one who reviews it. Even you don't review it. It's, it's I review it. I'm on there a couple times reviewing it. But the problem is, like I said, after you update it, yours is gone. So you need to redo it. I'll redo it then. Yeah, yeah. Let me know for sure. Whenever you redo yours, send me a a, a, a tap. Like I do, but hey, it doesn't matter to you. You're hey, usually this I'm is in a meeting game. with real church planners right now. I, this is beneath me. I can't handle this. <laughs> That's kind of what I get. Hey, before we get too far uh, off topic, what is our topic today? So our topic today is we've talked so far about creating a culture. Um, you know, your your values create culture. I want to talk today about the atmosphere and environment that you are creating on a Sunday. Um, I, I don't know if there's a, a, a good way to put this. But I think that uh, I really want to talk about what are you going for on a Sunday morning? What's your aim? What what kind of culture? What kind of environment? What do you want people to walk into in your church plant? Is it something like they've never experienced before? Is it something reactionary? Are you planning something? Like, wait till they see me, you know, kind of like the Joker. Wait till they get a load of me or, or whatever it is. I want to talk about what should we? be aiming for on a Sunday tithe <laughs> money <laughs> uh, Mitchell see me after class please I know right I know so hey I gotta tell you I, I want to share with you rather uh oh this week my event I did like I tell you about that did I tell you about my event this week did I tell you how it only went? when you say that that's not good I know. share something with you Peyton Usually I'm in trouble. It's like you're in trouble. When in our relationship, when have you been in trouble? (laughs) I've never been in trouble yet. I'm the one who's got the permanent just bullseye on his back. I always feel like I'm in trouble. I say the wrong thing. I say the wrong thing on the podcast. (laughs) I have offended more of our female listeners than either of us. By far, and male. Don't leave them out. You've well, been, I'm just saying, but the, I, of them. I, I apparently really offend the female ones <laughs> much more than the male. I think a lot of men are like, "Oh, I had a friend like that in college. I know that yeah. Pete Mitchell guy." You're, you're basically the Trump of this podcast. It took me a second. I'm like, "Oh man, that's not nice at all." <laughs> that's below the belt. That was just uncalled for, Jones. My goodness, come on. <laughs> just teasing. No, so I, I had this. Even, ev- does that make me Hillary? Who does that make me? Oh, Bernie. You're Bernie. You're Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah, I am. I am like Bernie. I'm like free, free stuff for everybody. That is you. That's so <laughs> you. If you're a church planner, it's free. Yeah. I don't you know how we're going to pay for, for free it. stuff again. That would be my campaign slogan. Jonesing with Jonesy. I like that actually. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. You should you should run. Yeah, and this you'd is, be Mitch. This you is, wouldn't be Mitchell. You'd be instead of Trump. You'd be like Mitch. Mitch Towers. You know, I'd still be Maverick. Mitch Stakes. I'd be like, yeah, I'm Lieutenant Pete Mitchell. They go, but you never served. I'd go, yeah, but I'm still Lieutenant Pete Mitchell. Back off. I'm still the Maverick. It's on my helmet. There you go. So I had an event this week. I did an event with uh, Deputy Grove. Did I tell you about it? I cyber stalked you on Facebook and found out everything I need to know. Yeah, it went really, really well. We um, we killed it. We that's we, awesome. Are you just are you just bragging? Dude, Is that what's happening? You just using the podcast to brag? I can brag about this because <laughs> it, it it like there are just some things that when you kill it like this, you're like, man, I feel like I have climbed Mount Everest, 
and killed the guru at the top and brought his carcass back to show off. <laughs> See, I did it. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like. <laughs> and the reason Pete's bringing this up, by the way, guys, is because he's come into some money. I will eventually. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm going to I told Jimbo about it because we're going to do an event for uh, car detailers. And he goes, I couldn't sleep if I'd made that much money. <laughs> and I'm like, I can sleep just fine. All I'm no, saying I'm is Pete has now come under the attention of the IRS because oh, they, he has money. They, they love me, man. They, yes, come, they and, have come uh, after me in the past. Looking to no, but actually, it, it wasn't my event. I mean, I was I was the guy who filled the room. And and I'm I'm only a thirty percent partner on it. I mean, so it wasn't like it was you know all about Pete, me. But it was just it was it was a good event. But it actually brings up this is what my point was. Besides to brag uh, for no reason whatsoever. I'm using it for our commercial. I'm just segueing. So I'll wait till you're done. Here's the thing, man. I um I want to. I was talking to Tyrone, church planner Tyrone, formerly known as the White Tyrone. Wait, no, he is White Tyrone. Formerly known as White Tyrone. There we go. That's the full. He's the church planner formerly known as White Tyrone, but we don't call him that anymore. Because he gets offended by it, actually. So we now call him the church planner formerly known as White Tyrone. That (laughs) way we don't step I don't know why he doesn't just kill us. I mean, we never let it go. It's like, oh, you told us you don't like that? Well, then. (laughs) Anything you say to us can and probably will be used against you on this podcast. And he's like the nicest guy in the world, too. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever had a phone call with him where he's not like, what can I pray for you about? And I'm like, uh... I feel really bad right now because I'm still calling you formerly known as White Tyrone on the podcast. But anyway, here's my point. I was talking to Tyrone. I said, dude, here's the thing, man. I work with these church planners, but my skill set is over here. It's in, you know, I do the consulting. I do events, um, stuff like that. I'm like, what can I do to help these guys? Like, how can I help them make money for those that are self-employed as opposed to the guys who are, you know, um, bivo and working a, a traditional job. And so I'm putting that question out there to everybody. I want you to tell me how I can help you guys. How can I take my skill set and and share it? I don't even know if this is making any sense, man, what I'm what I'm basically asking. But it is. What well, first off, tell them what your skill set is, and then they can tell you how they can help. I would say that's that's a tough call. The, the biggest thing that I'm known for is uh for marketing. So I train a lot of people and companies on how to market their businesses properly. So one of the thoughts that's always gone through my head is how can I train church planners to be consultants and help companies? Cause there's a lot of money in that. Right. Yeah. And so as a church planner, you're always like, you, you got this mix between, I got to pay the bills. I got a family, I got a wife, I got kids, I got whatever. Right. And, um, and I got ministry over here. And the thing for me is the reason why I like consulting so much is I get to set my hours. I get to decide when I'm going to work, when I'm not going to work. Um, and I can make as much money as I need to make because it's mm. it's very, very flexible in in how much you make. I mean, well, maybe you can teach some of these guys how to be a consultant. So, for example, but is that what um, they want to know? I mean, because and, and that's kind of general, you know, how to sure. be a consultant. Is it? Do people want to learn, here's how I'd be a Facebook consultant, or here's how I want to be a generalist consultant, which, by the way, I like a lot more. I I don't think a lot of people realize that there's a difference on how you would do it. And I think think just your knowledge and and, and expertise in doing that could help a guy get a bivocational uh, little handle on something. For example, I got a church planner that we were training in Oceanside. 
and he he's going to get some stuff under his belt, uh, you know, some experience with church planning before he launches out. That was kind of our assessment of him. But uh, he, you know, he suffers with ADHD <clears throat> and, um, you know, he, so I saw recently that he set up, you know, that he was going to be a coach. I remember thinking, what's he going to coach in? You know, he's, he's an Uber driver and he's graduated to like a chauffeur. Um, you know, he's doing all kinds of cool things. I mean, the guy's a go-getter, but he's an ADHD coach because that's a personal area of his life where he's overcome and he's, you know, held them back years ago. He got into drugs, trying to deal with it and he's sober. He's, he's gotten that under his belt. And so he's, you know, I mean, there are so many things you can become a consultant for to help someone else out. There is. And almost any niche that, and, and you actually hit on something. I mean, the whole ADHD thing, I mean, that's, th- that's actually a really big area. Um, mm. and, and, and even with entrepreneurs, because so many entrepreneurs are ADHD, at least they're yeah. Like you understand that when the the DSM when they first wrote the thing it was like forty pages long and today it's like a thousand pages long. Mm. It's not like all these diseases just crept up. It's just that they just decided to call things a disease, and so now everyone like has this label on themselves of oh I've got this. Yeah. Well, no, I mean that yes, okay, fine if we're gonna call it that, but you know what? It's been around forever. I mean, yeah, of course it has, Let, let's yeah. show you how to deal with that. Yeah. And yeah, Same you can actually box. help a they lot just, of people. They just had to put a name on it. Yeah. They just had to put a name on it. And really, what does that mean? Death. It means you're not like the guys who wrote the book. Yeah. Used uh, to be the black death. Used to be bubonic plague. Now we call it smallpox. <laughs> now we call it ADHD. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, um, so anyway, if, if you guys have, uh, any thoughts on what you would like to know or, or, uh, you know, learn and, and, career-wise, anything I can help you with, shoot us an email, head on over to churchplannermagazine.com, hit the uh, contact us button, you know, just drop it in on there. That'll get over to me because I'd love to know. I'd love to know how I can take what I do and help you guys because really one of the problems that I've gotten, I've shared this with Peyton, is it's like I'm really good at making money and, and I show business owners how to do this all the time. I mean, that's the reason why our event was so successful on Tuesday, because that's what we were doing. We had 200 real estate agents in front of us, and we're showing them, here's how you guys make money. Here's how you get the clients. And and I can do that, but I kind of don't know where, how to do that for church planners, because you're bivo. There's so many different things you could be doing. Like, what yeah. area do you want that help in? And, and I'm happy to give it to you. Yeah, and if if enough of you guys, you know, kind of write us in, you can write. Uh, is it Pete at churchplannermag.com? Yeah, thank you for knowing my email address. I appreciate yeah, well, that. Mine's Peyton at churchplannermag.com, and you can write but, us. But one of us what, is going to check that email, and the other one's not. <laughs> no, I get my email now. I used to not get my email. So here's here's. The I got an email from two years ago. Wow, I should have called that guy back. <laughs> hey, sorry it took me a while to get back to you. Um, so I've <laughs> been really busy, but, uh, but here's the deal. Um, hit us with any topics. I mean, even about church planning, yeah. if, if you're like, man, I got, I got this question I need help with hit us. You know, we, we're, we're always open to, to taking questions and topics. Um, I think we've hit so many topics on this podcast, but I'm still amazed when I see someone go, Hey, what about this? And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, we should tackle that. So um, you know, just because we haven't done it doesn't mean it doesn't need to be tackled. So 
Um, I know we got to get into our topic, but before we do, I got to tell everyone real quickly about what just blew up on Facebook. It's uh, one of the funniest uh, Facebook strings I've seen in a long time. I'm sure you remember it, Peyton. So I get a text from our very own Barry Waters. And what does he say? Hey, Pete, just in case you hadn't heard yet, me and Melissa got engaged. Before I asked her, I had to get Ruben's blessing. You guys have heard us talk about Ruben Young, church planner extraordinaire in San Pedro. Uh, He said that he would give it to me under one condition. That condition was that me and Melissa had to be married by his pastor, which is you. (laughs) So what do you say, Pastor Pete? Uh, To which I say, I do hope someone is joking around. He replies, so is that a yes? And then I reply back, do you want to know what my fee is first? I mean, remember, this is a condition from Ruben. Pretty much gives me a blank check. And the uh, the antics ensued. My favorite string uh, was this. Ruben says, don't worry, Pastor Pete. Money is not a problem with Barry. No dollar sign is too much for Barry's love for my sister. <laughs> double the price and split it with me. To which I replied, double? My consulting day rate is $10,000. I figured uniting two together for the rest of their lives by the power invested in me by the state of California and the online church that ordained me. That's awesome. <laughs> Should be worth 5X, 10X maybe. So then Ruben goes 10X and then Barry goes, ah, to which I replied, Barry, she's not worth it to you. You're both young enough to have 50 plus years together. A hundred K for 50 years to be with the one you love is only a venti white chocolate mocha from Starbucks a day. She's not worth a cup of coffee to you. <laughs> so then Ruben jumps on that. You're not, uh, or my sister's not worth a venti white chocolate mocha to you. <laughs> Barry goes, oh, of course she is. She's worth all the venti white chocolate mochas in the world. And then that was when Peyton chimes in with his, wow, looks like Barry just upbit himself, which I thought was classic. <laughs> but my dad, my dad chimes your in dad, on this. Your dad won Facebook. He did. He did. He wants it like last night. He chimes in in regards to your fee. Just tell him you charge him what he thinks the woman is worth. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a veteran pastor of many years. Oh, my gosh. It was just that was classic to me. That was classic. That was that was such a clever answer. Obviously, your dad has done this many times before. Hey, so what's your fee, Reverend? What's your wife worth to (laughs) you? Let's just let's just settle there. What do you think it'd be worth to marry your wife? Dude, I love it. I love that was that was just like he just came in and that was the mic drop moment. That was pretty good. <laughs> kind of silenced everything. I I did manage to get a Star Wars quote in there with Ruben. Oh, what was your Star Wars quote? Because there were so many other quotes. I was skipping something over. about Ruben's not the father. You said, and then oh I yeah, said, yeah, Ruben, I am your father. That was true. That was true. Yeah. So you know, Charlie Marquez, he chimes in with, "I'll do it for twenty five percent less, and I'll wear Pete's camo shorts during the ceremony. That's the best I can do." That was classic. Yeah, to which I replied, well, in that case, remarry Andrew. That's right, you did. You did. (laughs) Oh, it was so funny, man. It was pretty funny. It's amazing, Pete, how uh, you throw something out there, man, and it gets gets chum. Well, you know, let let me ask you this, Peyton. If if you were Barry and you needed to to raise some money for this and you needed an online and text-based giving solution, what would you use? Mm. Well, you know, being that uh, I'm extremely, you know, I, I make good decisions. You know, I, I, I pick Melissa. Let's just put myself in Barry's shoes. I always make good decisions. I work for Church Planner Magazine. 
Um, I, you know, I, I come to Peyton Jones's church plant, <clears throat> you know, I, uh, I, I intern with him in America for a little bit. And then, you know, I asked Pete to be my pastor. I'm always making good decisions. So, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go with MoGiv. MoGiv? Oh yeah. MoGiv.com. Have you not heard of it? Tell me more about this magical thing called MoGiv. Well, it's a cheap and online digital giving system. You can use text. You can email funds into it. Uh, it's a portal for your website for people to give. You can also set people up on an automatic tithing system, which is what we actually do in Refuge Long Beach. And we sold double. Well, let me ask you this. If I were a pastor, I could use this for my church, not just if I'm some dude who's trying to get some money for my my for my pastor who's going to charge me to marry me and absorb an amount of money. Yes. And what I was bringing up earlier is Pete's on the hunt, man. He has money, and he's visiting your website, Church Planner. So if you get on our radar, just know Pete might just come hunting around looking at your website. And if you don't have MoGive, Pete, don't give. Yep. (laughs) No MoGive, no Pete give. I'm going to get uh, PeteGive.com, but it's going to be PeteGiv.com. No E. Pete Give. That's right. www.PeteGive. We should actually set that up and be like, if you'd like a donation made to your church, you can apply here. PeteGive.com. Absolutely. Tell us why we should donate and, uh, you know, give us proof of MoGive. So in all honesty, guys, though, if you don't have MoGive, head on over to MoGive.com forward slash church. It's M-O-G-I-V.com forward slash church. Official sponsors of the Church Planner Podcast. Yeah, baby. So now that we have uh, totally killed our smack talk, as we normally do, let's actually get into our topic. Doc Brown, take us away. Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. So, Peyton Jones, once again, what's this week's topic? Well, you know, let's talk about, you know, what it means to walk into church uh, for the first time. Let's look, for example, at, you know, you're you're a non-believer. You're walking into church, probably going to be an uncomfortable situation, uncomfortable scenario. Um, I, I remember my mentor saying it's as difficult for a non-believer to walk into a church service as it might be for you as a faithfully married man to walk into a strip club. Mm, interesting. Same dynamics. They feel the same sense of uncomfortability being out of place. I shouldn't be here. I'm a little nervous. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, what if someone sees me here? I mean, there's all those those feelings. I, I don't know about these feelings. Please tell for, me more. For the record, no, before the Lord now, I have never been to a strip club. I'm just imagining what it would be like to walk into one. I, I can honestly say never, never, never. Being a pastor at a very young age, um, the amount of people that I would have come into the church office and say they need to talk to me, and they were basically – uh, narking on someone else at church that they saw at the strip club or at the porn shop. Did that actually happen? Like yeah, people I would mean, come in and I, I would hear that all the time. And, and the question would always be, well, <laughs> what were you doing there? And <laughs> I was praying for the employees. <laughs> oh, how do you know? And, and, and so, you know, it, man, guys, and just a word to church planners, don't ever, ever, ever do it. Uh, for the record, don't ever, ever, ever drive in the car with someone of the opposite sex by yourself. I don't care if you're dropping them off. I don't care what the deal is. Don't ever do it. Okay. There's just certain things you don't do, right? You don't step on Superman's cake. You don't spin into the wind. 
You know, I will say one. I, I did have you. an occasion where I had to go in a car with someone of the opposite sex, and I felt very uncomfortable. They didn't, but because of dad being a pastor, all that whole thing. Here's what I did. And so I don't know if someone's in a situation where they have to do this. I literally got on the cell phone, put it on speaker, called up a buddy, and had them on the phone with me the whole time I'm in the car. I was like, wow. I gotta have something, man. Okay. I gotta have something. I want, I want that something is an to like excellent, excellent insurance policy. But guys, still don't do that. Yeah, don't do. Here's it. the deal. Um, so, so I'm setting the stage here for how uncomfortable it is, right? And and so they're going to be uncomfortable. What we've done in church is we have tried to make it super, super comfortable for people. So we've kind of been like, uh, hey, you know, um, welcome today. We don't want you to be uncomfortable at all. You know, relax this and that. And, and that's fine. That's good. But the reality is that um, the Apostle Paul, when he talks about church, he says there ought to be some fear in them. They ought to experience the presence of God. Fear ought to seize them. And they should say to themselves, surely God is among you. And, of course, the context of that is Paul saying that, you know, someone might prophesy or someone, something supernatural might happen. The, the difficulty with us is that we're running a show oftentimes, and we're trying to, we're thinking, oh, they're not coming because they're not comfortable. But that's not true. People, people don't avoid church because they think it's going to be uncomfortable. Um, it, it, they'll get over it, and they know this. They're coming just like going to AA. People go to AA knowing it's going to be uncomfortable. Any anonymous group, any addiction recovery group, they know it's going to be uncomfortable. People go to the gym religiously knowing it's going to be uncomfortable, but they go because they feel they need it. And when someone's going to church, what they don't want is for you to take anything that could be helpful out for them so that they don't feel uncomfortable. We're in this weird time now in our society where everything's about your feelings. I don't want to make you feel a certain way or, you know, the biggest thing, he made me feel bad or they made me feel this. Well, no, feeling bad or feeling uncomfortable isn't the end of the world. I can't tell you how many scenarios in either saving someone's life or being an RN, putting a catheter in somebody that was uncomfortable for me and for them, <laughs> hmm. but it was necessary to help someone get better or save their life. And so I think church planner, what we have to do is we have to make sure that although we know people are going to be comfortable, uncomfortable, that we accept that to a certain degree. Now we don't want them to come in and, and, and feel judged. We don't want them to come in and feel uncomfortable because everyone's staring at them. We don't want them to come in and feel uncomfortable because they're wearing a red dress and we do a sermon on how she wore a red dress and she was a Jezebel. I mean, that's just weird, you know, um, <laughs> we, we, we don't want to single people out, but, um, the idea that the church might be uncomfortable can actually be a very good thing. Mm. Know what I'm saying? I feel you, dog. I, I feel you, dog. Well, what, what do you think about this, Pete? For a church planner, what should be the thing that he aims for? As far as like the comfort level setting, setting. Yeah. Like when we're looking at, okay. And the reason I start off with that is because that's what I read the most about. That's what I hear the most about is, you know, how to make it. And of course that was the seeker sensitive movement of years ago. We're still stuck in it. I mean, you know, there, there was this whole thing about, you know, 
Um, I just read an article from uh, Carl Vader's. Um, he is your father. Um, Carl Vader's uh, wrote something about sit back and relax. And he talks about the fact that, you know, it's like a bait and switch. You know, we tell him, oh, come on in, sit back, relax, enjoy the service. And what he says is, you know, what we tell everyone else is, no, don't do that. You know, serve, get up. And he calls it a bait and switch. And I thought that was a, a really valuable insight that, that, it's another way that we can get it wrong, but uh, but I want to aim specifically for something that we should we should have one thing as 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 our aim on a Sunday. We have lots of things that we're going for in creating an atmosphere like a non judgmental atmosphere, a grace filled atmosphere, uh, you know, on and on. But uh, but I really want to talk about something that that can't be bought, can't be manufactured, um, can't be downloaded, can't be. Uh, gained through somebody else. It's something that, that comes the hard way, but it's the most valuable atmosphere you can have. So you I know, just want to. I don't know, man. It's, it's a tough question because I think there's a lot of different ways that this can be achieved. And I think it's going to look different in different areas. Um, but I mean, looking at it from a purely secular uh, marketing perspective, which I, I've already been accused of don't make me go alaska on you don't make me go alaska on you um <clears throat> all you spiritual people now won't understand what pete's about to say well no i'm just thinking okay so what do people do when they go out like if you go out to a movie you're going out to be entertained if you go out to the bar you're usually going out for community mm -hmm. meaning and i'm using community only because that's a church term you're not going to the bar just to drink, right? I mean, drinking's part of it, but you could drink at home a lot cheaper than going to the bar. So you go yeah. to the bar for the community. You go to the bar because you're going to meet people. You're going to talk to people. Maybe you're going to go with friends. Um, so, I mean, I can kind of see how, how both scenarios do play out in our society outside of church. And that's yeah. just kind of what I'm looking at is, okay, how does this stuff play? play out outside of church and then how do we use that inside of church and i think about like um refuge long beach the big deal is obviously community right and yeah. uh breakfast with the community like we don't you've made this point we don't say we serve the homeless we say we eat breakfast as a community right it just so happens that a big part of our community is homeless the down and outers ex-cons, addicts, sex trade, et cetera, right? Mm. But we we eat breakfast as a community. And that's so that's how like Refuge Long Beach has taken that. You know, but when you've got these mega churches, it's no longer about community. It is about the show. And the show still happens in our society, right? Because we've got the movie theater, we got the plays, we've got the sports games where you go and you watch stuff. So I think you can use both. I just, um, and I think you got to look at your area and what is, you know, what's God calling you to do. And I well, think we hear a lot with church planners. It's about community. It's about creating that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because I, I was on an interview yesterday morning with um, outreach magazine and uh, it was a phone interview. It's trader it's for print. And uh, they, they were like, well, you know, how do you, like, I started talking about interactive church and they're like, well, how do you do that? And so I told them, well, you know, you would, so they said, so this is only for small churches. 
And I said, no. I said, you, you could have a massive mega church, um, but you would have to rip out the theater seats. And you'd have to, to maybe, you know, get rid of the slanted floor, which would prevent me from burping in people's faces. But, uh, <laughs> which, you know, probably be a problem for me. And you should have well. gotten that guy's info and like sent him a card or something. <laughs> Sorry, I burped in your face. I'm sure Hallmark makes a card for it. Can you imagine if we called them up on the podcast? So, uh, this is a portion of the show called Smack Talk. We're wondering if we could interview. So the other night you sat in front of a gentleman. That would have been a great episode. <laughs> But, it would have been uh, a sad anyways. episode. <laughs> Can you imagine? We call, call him. Hi, sir. Uh, anyways, so so here's the deal. Um, uh, you you would have to put, you know, tables, chairs, coffee tables, sit in small. And I told him, I said, we set up small groups in this big room. And then, you know, we, we make it so it's a bunch of small groups. That's how our church is set up already. We're communicating this happens in community. Life change happens in circles, not in rows. We're saying all of this stuff from the get-go, from the beginning. And they, you know, she was like fascinating. She's like, but wait a second. If I've got a room of a thousand people and you're now telling me that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to put tables. She goes, that brings it down to about 400. And I go, yeah. And she goes, so you would have to go to more services or I said, you would have to break off and plant more churches. And she was cool. She was totally down with it. She was getting it. And then the breakthrough moment happens where she goes, but obviously that's not the goal is to send out, you know, 400 people more or 500 people cut that in half or send off two thirds of them to church plant. And I said, bingo. Right on the nose. She said that's not the goal or that is the goal? That's not the goal of the churches. That Oh, that she's saying it's not the goal of the mega churches right because now. Because she said when they leave, they take the money with them. Right. And 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 I said, exactly. And, of course, I kept during the interview saying, well, that goes back to church zero, what I've been saying, which which is wrong. We can pay lip service to multiplication all we want. But if our model is that you know look I, I i won't i won't create community within sunday because i have to cram as many people in the room i'll never forget uh when i handed off a church plant um the guy came in and he looked at the room and uh and he goes now we could fit so many more people in here uh if we you know took out all these tables and did rows and then and then he looked at me and said that's the point right to have more people in here and of course, I hadn't written church. I looked at him and said, no, that's never been the point here, ever. Our point has always been, as you said, to build community in those groups. So just, you know, as a caveat to throw out there, there are some people that would come in and we talked about the uncomfortability factor. They would walk in, see those tables and chairs set up in small groups, and they would walk straight back out. Like, mm-mm, ain't doing that. That's exactly what I was told wouldn't happen. I would not be asked to participate. I could come. I could be a fly on the wall and uh, stupid train. And and just so you know, um, it will not reach everybody. I had a guy who I was consistently witnessing to, and he told me the day you start a church, I'm there. And he came the first day, walked in, looked around, walked straight back out. But guess what he's doing now? He's going to a church now. He's now been saved. He's going to a church 
And he goes to a church set up on our model that has an interactive church and he loves it, mm. but it was too much for him originally. And, and you yeah, will have you know, that. It's that, funny because in, in listening to you talk, I had this image come to my head. I kind of wish the church looked more like a bar and because I'm very comfortable sitting at a bar, <laughs> but um, of like, almost like I'm an introvert and I, I've told you this, and I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast as much, but I actually don't like the community aspect of Refuge Long Beach because I'm such an introvert. Like, I hate talking to people. I don't even know them. You don't go to the bar and talk to people. (laughs) I don't go to the bar and talk to people. That's why I kind of like a bar area, right, where it's almost like, like stools and a bar where you could sit there and have breakfast. Cause then what happens at a crowded bar is you end up talking to the person next to you. Cause there's yeah. no, there's no other spots. And so yeah. it's not like, like when you and I go to islands, it's usually like the two of us. And then, you know, maybe someone else on a corner or something. It's like never crowded, but when you go to the bar and it's crowded, you end up talking to people because it's crowded. And like, you're like, Hey, you know, my arm's not in your way. Is it that kind of a thing? Yeah. For the introvert, that would actually speak more to me of like, I'm not being forced to sit at a table and talk to people I don't know. Cause that's the one thing that, that I struggle with at, yeah. at that in the, in the church as an yeah. introvert, I'm very uncomfortable talking to people I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that for certain people, that's going to be hard for them. Uh, uh, some people, here's what'll happen. They'll go in there and they'll, they'll pray. You know, they'll, they'll just sit there and pray. And, and our, our deal is not to make introverts extroverts at all. But it's for everybody to be engaged in mission and pouring into the lives of other people in some way, shape, or form, even if that's just praying for them. Even mm-hmm. if, here's the deal, even if it's just listening to them while they're talking, you can have a group of 8 to 12 people that you're in. And you can have people that are just listening attentively. And it's ministering to you because... You're sharing things you need and you just the look on their faces, the empathy, um, you know, the, the, just the, the, those things are communicated, you know, through glances, 70% of our communication is nonverbal. And so, you know, we would tell people that we're introverts and keep in mind, we're in Britain. Um, there, there are plenty of introverts in a country where it rains every day. Um, we would tell them, Hey, look, we're not asking you to be anything that you're not. Um, you know, you, you, you can listen. I, I know about you, Pete, you're a pretty good listener. You have no choice with me, but <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you saying something? Anyway, go and, on. and so here's the deal. The other thing is the atmosphere you're creating is one of grace and acceptance. I do think that when it comes down to it for the gospel, you need to have that. And, and, and you have to constantly be preaching the gospel for people to understand. I would say that in Refuge Long Beach, you know, Charlie and I set out, we planted that thing in the beginning. We preached the gospel like it was the Reformation. I mean, it was like nobody was going to ever think that they could perform their way to God's acceptance. Nobody was ever going to be able to get away from the cross, the substitutionary atonement, um, you know, Christ's finished work on the cross. Um, God's grace, love, and mercy poured out upon us through the Holy Spirit. Nobody was ever going to get away from that. And, uh, and, and it was funny because we were kind of a tag team. We, we actually said once upon a time, as we would trade off in the pulpit, I would say, look, you emphasize the cross. I'll emphasize the resurrection. You emphasize grace. I will emphasize power. 
And we will, you know, we'll kind of tag team it that way. We obviously we're going to preach what's in front of us going through the gospels, but I'll have an emphasis and you have an emphasis. And that was kind of how we did it. So what else do you say as far as, uh, you know, how, how they should be structuring their church for community or, or the first impression when someone walks in, what should they be looking at? Yeah, I, you know, I'm a big believer that you don't ask people to, to do something in the week that you're not modeling on a Sunday. So I actually believe that uh, our big mistake is we do the audience thing on a Sunday and then we try to get them into community in the week. And that's never made sense to me. If our main meeting is Sunday, why is that not our main community meeting? You know, why, why aren't we making it the best of what we have to offer? Unless, again, we're saying, well, people wouldn't be comfortable with that. Well, you know what? Forget that. I don't care if they're comfortable with it or not. Paul, like I said earlier, didn't care if people were comfortable with the presence of God. You know, it, the way we come to salvation is by being uncomfortable. I don't know if anyone uh, would, would dispute that. You're uncomfortable. You're upset. You're disturbed. You're convicted by the Holy Spirit. Um you know, and Jesus even said, when the Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin, uh, righteousness, and uh, I can't remember the other one. <laughs> sin, righteousness, and uh, was it judgment? Um, I, I, I think I'll take a vow check. But, uh, you know, being uncomfortable is not the the end all be all. I mean, John the Baptist, right? They're flocking to him. He's like... Who did you come to see, you brood of vipers? What you know? Who warned you of the, of the coming judgment? I mean, that is stuff that he's preaching that is not comfortable, and people are repenting. Sometimes we take the teeth out of the gospel. Sometimes we want to excuse God away. Just get out of His way and let Him be real. Let Him meet with people. And part of the the drive over, you know, I would say the last uh, twenty years towards entertainment based worship is because in the absence of God's presence, and and I am one of those funky, mystical, weird people that's kind of old school on this, um, probably because of where I've been. And, you know, I've been in, in, in worship services where the presence of God was so thick you can cut it with a knife. But I, I believe that God does really want to show up on a Sunday morning. And that as Christ is elevated and grace is magnified and people are humbled, I believe God's just He's just there in power. I believe his power bring his presence brings that. But I also believe people that are contrite and really wanting to meet with him in a safe environment. I believe that 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 also prepares the way for the Lord. Repentance prepares the way for the Lord. That was John the Baptist's message: prepare the way of the Lord. Repent. Um, it, you know the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite spirit, and somehow we've we've just ripped all that stuff out. And said, well, let's let's make it just this thing where it's happy, clappy, comfortable, and I'm all for joy. I'm all for having a party on a Sunday morning. I'm trying not to sound like a fuddy-duddy in saying this. There's point and counterpoint. And I'm not saying, oh, make it a miserable experience at all. What I'm saying is um, don't substitute the presence of God with other things. So, for example, um, like I said, entertainment. I see that as as... Uh, on Sunday mornings as as being a very real substitute for God's presence. When you have God's presence, you know, pretty much like when whenever revival would hit, church service was done away with. They just would pray 
and someone would speak, someone would prophesy. They didn't call it prophesying a lot of times. They just say, you know, someone stood up and spoke a testimony or someone, you know, shared a scripture or whatever. But times of revival, man, they're meeting well into the night during the Jesus movement when Calvary Chapel started. Um, they would just worship and, and, and there would be the preaching of the word and you'd have thousands of people just still just listening to the word. God's power was amazing. And that's always for me going to be the criteria. That's always going to be the litmus test for everything was, did we know the presence of God today? And that's the atmosphere that I'm going for. Right. I dig it, man. I dig it. I get it. And, uh. I think it's kind of a tough. It's a tough thing. Um, I think for a church planner to to do that to to create community, yeah, because it's not what we see. It's not what they came from in most cases, and so their core team is not going to like have that shared vision. And I think I think that's one of the reasons, Peyton, that people should pick up the Jump School core team. <laughs> training yeah. series dvd for free <clears throat> head on over to jumpschooltraining.com forward slash free to get yours today um because you kind of got to get everyone on board for something that's so dramatically different than what they've seen or used to yeah and we have an episode on there called fire i believe it's number five and it's about the presence of god and the and that people should expect that like personally for me when people come to church i think they should expect god's presence when you have a church that's expectant of that, and and there's a couple of different ways that, that you have that. I, I like to use the analogy of coals, right? When you put coals together, um, you know, they're, they're black and they're, they start to ash over around the edges. And then, you know, the heat after about 20 minutes, they turn red hot. And that's good stuff, you know. But the reality is if you took a bunch of coals, I always use that analogy for how we gather together. But if you took a bunch of coals of people that were seeking the Lord during the week and they were red hot when they got there, when you put a bunch of red hot coals together, guess what happens? They get white hot, right? So now you, you, you've you got something on a Sunday where if, as people are walking, particularly your, your your leadership, and you as a leader, church planner, if, you, if you're going into this, you know, like Pete said, this is difficult, but if you're aware of it, this is why he said, what's our goal? Um, it goes back to the mantra we say, which is only three things need to happen. You know, um, We need to hear from God. God needs to hear from us. And we need to hear from each other. That's community. That's us worshiping. And that's us hearing from God, whether it's through the word or a prophetic uh, word or a testimony or whatever. Um, we're going to hear from God. Those three things. But it's about his presence. And so, guys, as you're aware of that, even if you feel like, oh, man, I'm miles away. That seems like a tall order. Hey, that's okay. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and he wrote to them that I pray for you, Ephesians church, that you would be like the temple. You would be filled with the very fullness of God. And then he uses temple measurements, and he says to know the height, the depth, the width. And that harkens back to like Exodus and Leviticus where he measures the temple. And then he goes to know that which passes knowledge, the love of God. Like that's what happens when God's presence is there. It, you know, they might be uncomfortable because they're feeling God, like that baptism I've talked about, where I'm in the water and I can feel God's presence so strong. And I look out and these people's eyes are wide with fear, the non-believers. And people got saved that night. I had construction workers, these two guys, total druggies, um, come up to me afterwards and go, what just happened tonight? Like 
what what I'm feeling God, what's happening? You know, they're freaking out. I mean, people were scared, but they got saved because they encountered the person of God, right? I didn't entertain them. I didn't make them think. I didn't stimulate their intellect. They were hit with a wall of God. And so as we, um, as we look at this, I just think that, you know, uh, as you're praying to that end, God is, is really responsive to a leader who says, God, that's just, that's what I want. Um, I, you know, it's kind of like Moses where he says to God, you know, I'm not going to go. Lord, you've promised we go. You say, go up and inherit this land for the church planner who stands like Moses and says, God, I'm not going unless you come with us. Now show me your glory. And then God, of course, shows him his glory and his face radiates. Um, it starts with you, church planner. It starts with you wanting that and, and not being willing to play church or to play games, but to say, God, I need you to be here in a very real way. And um, I it just, this is going to sound a weird way to close this off. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm working on my book project right now. And I've got a section where I write about Mr. Rogers. And uh, judge me. Please don't me have Lady Fairchild in there. No Lady Fairchild. Oh, so so uh, just a shout out here to <laughs> Brandon Brooks, who I mentioned on this podcast, how much Pete and I both were talking about, how much he freaks. He mailed me one. Do you know how that's like, what's in the box? You open it and, and Lady Fairchild's in there. That's just not cool. This This is how Brandon Brooks usually approaches us. Say my name. <laughs> So uh, that was traumatic and almost made me quit the podcast. But uh, but but all that to say, um, Mr. Rogers, you know, laugh at me if you must, um, judge me. Uh, but Fred Stinkin' Rogers was an amazing dude. Um, he had a burden. He was like an, an apostle to kids, man. Um, go on YouTube, look at YouTube, and 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 you know, he goes on the Joan River show. That's the one that, that you need to see. And he's talking to her and she's making, she's making all these jokes like, you know, I can't say to you, you know, did you fool around? Ha ha, you know, but you can see as he's just himself. And that dude just walked in the presence of God. Hmm. Um, he was an amazing dude. People, people underestimate him. He was roommates with R.C. Sproul. A lot of people don't know that. Um, they went to seminary together. He was a Lutheran minister. And uh, Fred Rogers, he he had a a, a master's. I was in the master's or doctorate in theology, and child psychology. But all that to say, um, he's on there, and he she mentions a song, and it's about how I like you and I like it. You know, it's the one he used to sing on the show, and he sings it to her. And as you watch him sing that. You just can sense the love of God dripping off that man. Mm. And you you realize he's he's singing this from God's perspective to her that I like you. I love you. I think about it. And she's like practically crawling under her desk because she's not used to people talking to her like this. And and that it was on the the tonight show with Joan Rivers. It was like a holy moment with him and with her. And as you watch that, I, I would just say to you, there's a like a minute 44 version and then there's an eight minute version. Go to the eight minute version and read people's comments about him. And you will see that they the, their comments are reflecting that they have seen Jesus in that man. 
And so as much as we, we, you know, insecure Christians will talk about, I don't want to be Mr. Rogers or anything because, but Hey man, you know what? It's, he's one of those guys added to, to my list, like Rick Warren, where you're not allowed to criticize him in front of me. You're just not, you know, um, Rick Warren reverse ties. I don't care what you, you think or say about the dude until you've done that, you know, boom. And until you've had the impact that Fred Rogers has had on people. Um, yeah, you can't criticize, but you, you need to go watch that. And when you see that happen, you sense what it's like when someone's in the presence of God. And then, uh, you know, imagine that now on a Sunday morning. That's what Paul's talking about. Because when he sings that at her, he's being prophetic and she's sensing. She's not just embarrassed because of him. She's sensing something holy there. And uh, so anyways, that's that's my piece on war. I dig it, man. I dig it. Well, you know, one of the things that is always a big takeaway when I hear you talk about this stuff is that um, one of the skill sets you don't have is being a math pastor. <laughs> yes, that was kind of the uh, subliminal text to everything I said today. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to transition Such nicely. Segue, Pete. <laughs> There's just no way to transition into the commercial. <laughs> So we just want to give a big shout out to our uh, our sponsor for the Church Planner Podcast, SimplifyChurch.com. They help you simplify your church, your payroll, your accounting, your bookkeeping, all that stuff. They are the guys that you want to be hooking up with. Head on over to SimplifyChurch.com and tell them Pete and Peyton sent you, and you will be forever grateful that you did. Indeed. I just got an email from them today. Um, about some form and document that the IRS sent to me. And they took care of business, man, because I didn't even know what this thing was or how to deal with it. Which is not a surprise. I think Josh actually, uh, he he, uh, Google messages me all the time, and he asked me something about the church, and I go, I hate to tell you this, man, but that was a Peyton area. (laughs) And I'm like, you're going to have to talk to Peyton. And he is, and I think I even put this in the message. I go, he is not a math pastor. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm the reason you went into business. It is. It is. They do it, man. I'm telling you. And I even wrote him back. I go, this is Simplified Church living up to their name because that's exactly what they did. They sent me literally a list back of this is how you do the form. This is what goes in what box, and uh, and then you need to do this and send it to this address. Just awesome, right? It, Something that okay. So I'll spend five minutes instead of four hours on this thing. Boom. I dig it. Well, um, that's it for today. Well, guys, this has been the Church Planner Podcast, and uh, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to go and give us a review, and um, you know, spread the love, man, on Facebook. Let people know about Jump School. And uh, tweet about it. Do all that stupid stuff you got to do. Because for us, man, it helps us uh, spread the message. And remember, these are free DVDs. Uh, We want this into as many church planning hands as possible. And uh, thanks for joining us today. And we want to remind you before you leave us that if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. 
The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.